Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And now your host, Max McGuire. Josh there with the clenched butt cheeks to get his voice a little higher so it doesn't get drowned out by the guitar. Good job, Josh. Everyone in the comments section say good job, Josh. Thank you. I'm fantastic. All day, just for you. <laughs> hey man, whatever you've done, you've set off a nerve today with the troll patrol out there. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one of those days. <laughs> but it's one of those days. In, keep calling in. We want some, keep we want calling some in. Callers. Keep calling in. Yeah, it's one of those troll days. I knew that was going to happen. Um, I mean, we generally uh, we, do we, right every time we kind of hit on a subject like this. You know, I I, I always know that I'm going to get somebody. But man, you've got. <laughs> you got some people yeah. today. We've got a lot. We've got a lot today. And I, I people saying they can hardly hear Josh. You're gonna have to turn up your gain even louder, Josh. Um, we're we're working with tech stuff on Josh's end because we we have some buzzing that's been in the background in the last couple of weeks. We want to get rid of it. So Josh, just turn your gain up way higher when you talk, um, so people can hear you because they they can't really hear you too much. Okay. Okay. Got he says that. okay. Copy that. <laughs> We're hoping to get that fixed after the show tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Um, so this is a, this is a headline you never thought you'd read. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. <laughs> this is like the heroes you get, not necessarily the heroes you want. Go to my screen. O.J. Simpson hits LeBron James. Or do we have it? Here we go. O.J. Simpson hits LeBron James for Ohio cop tweet, slams media for portraying edited versions of the story. This is one of those situations, as I said, not necessarily the hero we want, but I guess the hero we need. <laughs> O.J. Simpson coming out and criticizing LeBron James. That's how you know you done messed up when O.J. Simpson's coming out of the woodwork to criticize you for something you did. Not... <laughs> I saw that. I was like, wow, that's that's a little shocking. Um, other thing, I've seen a lot of these popping up too. Um, people taking LeBron James tweet and editing it up to put different people in it. You're next. Hourglass hashtag accountability. Cuomo, Governor Cuomo. I've seen other ones. They're, they're, pre they're pretty funny. Um, things that, you, that you're like, well, why isn't he focusing on these people? No, they don't care. They don't care about the fact that he killed a lot of grandparents. No, I don't care about that. We can take that down. Um, so I, I want to play this because um, I, well, we have a caller. We have, we have Paige on the line. Paige wants to talk about how the media is not portraying the cop as a hero. That, that might be an understatement of the year. Welcome to the show, Paige. Pretty good. Josh, you're going to have to turn up the volume way up. Yes, turn it up way up. Yep, go ahead. We're good? Uh, we should be good. Josh, if you can turn it up any more. We need we need a lot more. I can't possibly Sorry. put my phone closer to my face. No, that's not your fault. It's not your fault, Paige. It, it's technical limitations. Uh, go ahead. Let, let, let's, let, let's see if we can do it. Go ahead. I can hear you, so I'll just I'll respond. Go ahead, Paige. What, what, what do you want to talk about? Okay, the media is portraying this officer as this awful racist man killing a poor defenseless child. I don't understand. Like I'm noticing a lot more of people of color are kind of like realizing, Hey, he saved that other girl from getting stabbed. But yeah. they may not realize that if they continue to demonize the police who are trying to do good in the community and protect its citizens, that whenever it comes down to a situation where there's someone's life at stake, they're going to be hesitant to do their yeah. jobs because of how they're going to be portrayed afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone about this. Oh, go ahead, I don't on. think that, that as of right now, I haven't seen anything about this, this officer going to be potentially looking at losing his job or even being charged for anything at all. But with the way things have been these past, well, this past year, what if the media has, it, it just makes people so angry at this man that they demand that some kind of justice be served when there's justice already have been served. Are they yeah. going to demand this man lose his job? Are they going to demand this man face charges of some sort? 
or vigilante justice. That's what makes LeBron James's tweet so confusing. He wants accountability for a police officer who just saved a black girl from being stabbed and killed. Like, you know, in that guy's head, he does not want to shoot a black girl. Like, every cop is very well aware of, of how charged, how politically charged the country is and how cognizant mm -hmm. the country is of every time a police officer deploys deadly force. That cop knows. I, he, I, he's saying, I don't want to kill someone. I don't want to kill someone. Every cop knows that, right? But he still does it because if he, if he doesn't deploy deadly force, that other girl's dead, right? So <laughs> I, I don't know what they want to do to him. I don't know, but like obviously they point, want like, him to, what, to suffer in some way. start to be like, oh, it's involving someone of color. Maybe I shouldn't respond to this call. Maybe I shouldn't do all that I can to, you know, take control of the situation because something can happen to me because I did it. Yeah. So should, should they just stop responding to their calls? I mean, do we need to just take the cops out of those communities and let them see that they need them? Yeah. Because well, a lot more people so, of color are going to be harmed by taking away the police. Yes. Yes. So that bill that the Biden White House is now using this shooting to push, they want to use this shooting against Makia to push legislation. Legislation has nothing to do with that incident. They they just like they love to do that. It's kind of like gun control. Um, their bill oh, the word would you were eliminate for was blood choke. Yeah. Oh, blood choke. That's okay, the that, that's what it is. Yeah. As opposed to an mm -hmm. airway choke or, or whatever the other one is. Um, what yeah. the bill that they're they're using this shooting push a piece of legislation, and what that legislation would do is eliminate something called qualified immunity. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what qualified immunity is, that's the concept that when you are doing your job as a police officer and you're making a good faith effort to do your job, you're, you're in, the, in the act of policing, you cannot be personally sued if you make a mistake. Now, that's not saying that cops can't be personally sued. If they're wearing their badge and doing something off duty, right, obviously they're responsible. But if, if you're responding to a call and you're making a good faith effort to do your duty, you can't be held personally responsible. The bill Biden is pushing would eliminate qualified immunity. So if, if that bill passed and this officer shot that girl, even if it is completely justified, even if it was by the, by the book, completely legal, the family would be able to sue the cop in, in civil court for damages for killing the little girl, the, what they say, the little girl. And even if he was legally in the right, right, the jury could still award damages. I mean, we, we talk about O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson was was acquitted in the criminal trial, but he lost the civil trial because the stand the, the burden of proof is different. Right. So you talk about police not wanting to respond to crimes. Imagine if also in, in addition to all of this, a police officer knows that they could be personally sued out of existence by a victim's family if they make a mistake. Yeah. Police officers are just going to step back and say, you handle it. I'm done. Right. And especially with uh, the way things are right now, they're not going to get a fair trial. No, oh, no, no way. No way. Black Lives what, Matter it, has killed our, judici our judicial system. I mean, you can't have a fair trial anymore because people are scared of having their names put out there. They're scared their businesses are going to be burned down. They're scared they're going to have some kind of assault done to them or their families. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's no way around it. Which is why I'm shocked. I, I think that that the Chauvin lawyers have a have a very strong case for an appeal because Absolutely. the jury was not sequestered the whole time. And you say, why does that matter? Well, those were, jurors. The, the media has put this out there since mm -hmm. it happened back in March of last year, May of last year. I don't even remember. They have put it out there and they made it all about, oh, this is a racist white yeah. cop. And he did this. And there could he have had any jury who hasn't seen that like the whole world has seen it yeah well How that's the other part any so they, they they didn't sequester the jury what does that mean every day driving into uh serve on the jury they're driving past burnt businesses they're driving past protests right they're seeing it all yeah, as you mentioned, how could they possibly be fair when they've been living a whole year in a city that almost got burned to the ground over this? Which is why I'm mm -hmm. shocked that the judge didn't agree to move it to another venue. Because, yeah, everyone's seen the video, but having the jury from Minneapolis, I, I just don't see how you could possibly have a jury that hadn't already made up their mind on the issue. Right? So, right. yeah, you're, you're right. It, it, they, I, they have a very good case for an appeal now. Whether they'll win, I don't know. 
but at, by the book, you know, very good case. Does, I don't think the judge is going to want to touch it even afterwards because they don't want to put their name on it. Yeah. It's not about yeah. being having justice anymore. This is about being afraid of the mob. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and Dur- going to be sacrificed, basically. Yeah. Alan Dershowitz. I don't have the clip, but Alan Dershowitz was on one of the shows um, saying that he has that Chauvin has very good uh, case for an appeal. And also that Chauvin should be released pending his appeal because the case is his appeal is that strong. And the left is going after Dershowitz for saying, how dare you let this guy out of prison? Well, if you're appealing a case and you have a strong appeal, yeah, I mean, obviously he's been remanded into custody. That's kind of settled at this point. We're waiting for sentencing. But they, they just want him to suffer. They just want him to suffer in any way, shape or form, which, which kind of speaks to Joe Biden's comment saying, I hope the jury has the right verdict. There's no such thing as the right verdict. Right. The, the verdict is what the jury says. It's a jury of your peers. It's not up to us to say that it's the right verdict. We can say, I, I believe it should be this way. But that doesn't mean that there's only one verdict in a case. I don't want to live in a country where where when, you, when you're put on trial, there's a right verdict and a wrong verdict. I don't want to live in that country because even to this day, I, I truly believe that the defense made a good enough argument for reasonable doubt. I still do. Absolutely. Now, obviously, the, the jury didn't believe they, it. They didn't do all that well. Yeah. I don't even think it mattered what they put out there. They, it took them less, what was it, 10 hours to come to this verdict? Yeah, they 10, 11 hours. They didn't the evidence. They didn't, no, they didn't have enough time to really delve into everything that could have brought them to a sound verdict. Yeah. This, he was guilty before they even had any arguments. He was yeah. found guilty and, and, by the media and, and the public. I think he probably would have had a much fairer trial also if for the past year the media had been playing all the clips that his defense showed in court. Realize the media had all of these body camera clips of him screaming, I ate too many drugs. They had the full clip of him jumping out of the police car. They had the full clip of him asking to be put on the ground. They had the clip showing that he was kneeling more on the shoulder blade than the neck. The media had all of this, but they mm-hmm. selectively decided only to portray one view. And the result is, without a doubt, a tainted jury. You cannot be in Minneapolis for an entire year and not already have formed an opinion on this. It's, it's not possible. You can't be anywhere in this country and not have an opinion formed. We all watch the same news people. We all watch the same stories they put out. They could have moved the venue, but I mean, where? Northern Alaska. Like, Northern Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Where they have no television. <laughs> Even then, they'd probably be well, tainted. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, well, well I just figured I'd call in. I haven't been able to comment or share anything. I am in Facebook jail again. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I feel for you. I'm in Facebook jail, too. Well, thank you so much, Paige, for calling into the show. Really do appreciate it. Our number, 888-441-1121, if you want to call in, try and get past the trolls. Now, I didn't know if I wanted to play this, because there is, obviously, if you're if your loved one is killed, is obviously a very emotional moment. And you obviously are looking at your loved one, your family member, in the best possible light, obviously. So I've been waffling whether I want to play this or not, but it's been played so many times on the media. in the media, I don't feel like I am outing a family member or anything like that. This is a clip of Makia's aunt describing her in ways that Let's just say the video doesn't support it. And again, this is a this is a grieving aunt out there. But I want to just show you that this is a narrative that is making rounds on leftist Twitter, on Democrat Twitter, Democrat social media. So this is what they're this is what they're claiming. Let's go ahead and play cut number three. You ain't gonna have my niece go out like that. You ain't gonna have her go out like that. Either you report the truth or don't report nothing. Okay? She was a good kid. She was loving. Yeah, she had issues, but that's okay. All of us go through shit. She's a child. You know what? She was 15 years old. She deserved to die like a dog on the street. Okay? Sorry for that language. I apologize for that fiery language. We all go through stuff. Again, I'm just going to say, we. I personally 
have never tried to stab someone to death in my driveway. Maybe other people have had a different experience. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to that at all. And I understand that there's an element to this of her being connected, related to the victim, the, the, the person who was shot. I get that. But when she's saying either report the truth or report nothing, what, what, what does she think the truth is? I, I want to be overly insensitive, but she's out there cursing in front of cameras and you can hear the reporters chirping saying she was a child. She was a child. What, what does she think the truth was? Because we all just watched it. We all just watched that she had a knife and she was trying to kill someone. Usually we don't just chalk that up to everyone's got issues. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe did she snap? I'm not going to say she wasn't a good girl other times, but the only thing that we know about this girl is what we can see on the video and her TikToks. What we can see on that video of her trying to murder someone. This is a clip of Makia's mother. This is making the rounds too. I don't blame her mother. I don't blame her for trying to remember her daughter in the best possible light. But the left is now latching onto this and, and claiming that she is just this innocent girl who did nothing wrong. So I, I want, so you can see what's going on. Ms. Producer, can you pull the one from yesterday? That's cut for Makia's mother. Give yeah, me give me a second seconds. on the phone. Okay, give a second. All right, give him a second. So the mother, again, I, I don't, I don't hold it against her at all. I don't hold it against her at all that, that she's remembering her daughter in this light, but the media is latching on. Like, go ahead. If you, while you're getting ready, if you can go to my screen real quick, this is a, this is a tweet from a local reporter and it's this girl, the girl's mother told 10 TV, her daughter's name was Makia Bryant. Her aunt told us she was 15, but her mom says she was 16. She told Lacey Chris, Makia was an honor roll student and a sweet child. Police shot and killed her on Legion Lane at 4.30 p.m. today. Now, if that is the only thing you know about this, that she was an honor student, sweet child, police killed her. I'm not criticizing the mom for trying to remember her in the best possible light. I'm criticizing the media and the leftists who are selectively editing things to portray a lie. So we have that now ready. Let's play cut four from yesterday. This is Makia's mom. Makaya was named after a male prophet in the Bible. She was a very loving, peaceful little girl. She was 16 years old. She was an honor roll student. And um, Makaya had a motherly nature about her. She promoted peace. And that's something that I want to always be remembered. So again, I, I don't hold it against her. And apparently I'm mispronouncing her name, Micaiah. I apologize. I, I don't I don't want to criticize the mother for trying to remember her child in the best light, but what she just said is so diametrically opposed to everything we just saw. She promoted peace. She was motherly in nature. Listen, I I, I don't want to come down too hard on the mom because obviously she's terrified. Also, I don't know the specifics of if she is she the foster mom, is she the biological mom. Why isn't Micaiah in her house? I don't know all those details, right? She has the right to grieve. Absolutely. And if she wants to remember Micaiah as the peaceful, loving girl, the motherly in nature girl, she has every right to do that. The problem I have is that there are people out there who are not being shown the video of her stabbing someone or trying to stab someone and instead are being shown that video or the video from her aunt that she was peaceful, loving, didn't have a bad bone in her body, motherly in nature, all these things that they're saying. And it just isn't true. So I, I again, I don't hold it against the mom, but the media has to do a better job to make sure that these falsehoods, I'm not going to call them lies because every mother has the right to remember her child the way she wants to. I'm not going to call them lies, but they are falsehoods. They are they, provably false. The media has an obligation to make sure that that is not what is pushed into the front of people's minds. That that's not what makes headlines. That that's not what's shared on social media. Like you, you search Micaiah on Twitter and you find her TikToks, which again, it sounds like she was a, a pretty normal girl until she grabbed a, a chef's knife and tried to kill someone. But when you see that, when that's all you see, you don't actually see the real evidence of what happened. You start to realize how people could be in the street protesting 
and demanding justice, how LeBron James could be demanding accountability, it's pretty obvious that they don't actually know what happened. And yet, it's ignorance. Ignorance isn't a bad word, as I say. Ignorance is just a lack of education. It's ignorance because the people who have the ability to educate them are doing the opposite. They are spreading the falsehoods. So, uh, Teresa, we have Teresa back on the show, calling in from the More Than White Noise channel. Wants to talk about how people talk about the shooting victims as they were good people, even though we know they're not. Teresa, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Sure, Josh, pump the volume way up. So, Teresa, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I got to tell you, um, you're a much better person than I am, Max, because I think that all these parents that come on and uh, talk about how good of a person these people were, how they just were loving fathers and mothers and daughters, I think it's all disingenuous. I mean, you have people coming out of the woodwork because being shot by the police in the black community is their new insurance policy. Where were all these mothers and fathers and sisters and aunts and all these people when, when these people are, are thugging, making Facebook videos with illegal firearms on their hips and blunts in their hands? These people aren't good people. They are portrayed that way so that they can get money from cities that we as taxpayers pay into. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's you're correct. And uh, Mr. Producer Josh, I just sent you a link in our little chat to an old video. I'll give you a chance to get it set up. Uh, what, you're, what you're saying to me, it reminds me of a story. I forget where it was. There was a shooting and convenience store. A guy was robbing a convenience store and a good Samaritan gave him what some people call the taxpayer relief shot, which he, he shot him instead of forcing the state or the federal government to pay for his incarceration. He was shot and killed as he was trying to rob a store. The family came out and was freaking out, freaking out that he was shot and killed. You're reminding me of that. I'm going to play it. We'll keep you on the phone. I'm going to play it for everyone. Let's go ahead and play that video, Mr. Producer. Loading. Uh-oh. Get it to load, and we'll play it again. But you're right. People do believe that this is a payday. And yet, uh, could I be a little bit harsher on her? I could. Right? I could. And, and we don't know if she's going to try and make it a payday. If she does, my opinion will certainly change. I just, I've struggled as a parent. I've struggled on whether or not I wanted to air these videos yesterday, because in the moment, it's perfectly reasonable for for them to be mad, for them to be angry, for them to want to portray their their loved one the way they remember them. But now that it's being used and weaponized as kind of like a propaganda campaign, I, I can't get on board with that. Yeah, Max, and I don't even know if I can agree with you. I mean, obviously, I from a from a high level standpoint, I agree with what you guys push on the show, but. I don't even think I can agree with you that from an emotional standpoint, you have the right to come out and be angry because it's incumbent on people to know facts before they react on emotion. And that's part of the problem in this country. You have the media, you have people like LeBron James who have the ability to actually impact the black community in a positive way, but they're reacting on emotion instead of facts. You have the media that yeah. slices video and then it just gives people carte blanche authority to do exactly what they've been doing, which is be emotional and and take advantage of other people's emotions. So it, we have yeah. to we have to base our opinions on facts and not our core what we might feel in the moment. That's not the right thing to do. The the reason that I I guess am giving a little bit more deference than you to them is because these videos were taken just minutes, maybe an hour after the shooting made the news. And if you remember, we didn't really know what went down in those early parts. They hadn't yet released yeah. the body camera footage. They hadn't necessarily sold, showed everyone. I don't know if the mother was there. Is that the foster mother? I don't know where the aunt was. Um, so I, I don't know if they knew what was happening, what was real, and just came out. Maybe they bought into the lie that she was unarmed, which was spreading at the time. I don't know. Um, but I, I do agree with you. When when people know something is is one way and they spread the lie of it being the other way, um, no, they, they absolutely they absolutely don't deserve any airtime whatsoever. So Josh has queued this up. Again, this is an old footage of a robbery, an armed robbery gone wrong where uh, just an armed citizen takes out the guy and the family is pissed about it. Let's go ahead and play that video, Mr. Producer. These siblings are furious. Their brother, who police say was an armed robber, was gunned down by a store clerk. The pair acknowledges it was, he, that he was wrong for Roosevelt Rapley to try and rob the Dollar General on North Gettysburg Avenue, but they say the clerk shouldn't have had a gun at work. 
Rochelle and Juan Rapley say their younger brother, Roosevelt Rapley, was the second of ten siblings killed by gunfire. I still don't believe it. Like, at the end of the day, I don't believe my brother is dead. They, like, it ain't kicked in yet. And they're furious about how it happened. At the end of the day, that's not right. Police say a Dollar General clerk shot and killed 23-year-old Roosevelt, who showed a gun and demanded cash Wednesday. Witnesses indicated that the weapon was brandished and pointed at, at employees. The siblings recognize their brother's wrongdoing. He got some responsibility, but not all. But they say that still doesn't warrant the clerk's actions. Right and wrong is wrong. That was wrong for that clerk to shoot my brother in the chest. So this is the kind of stuff I think we can both agree with. It's just complete nonsense. The idea that you can brandish Zero a gun at a clerk and, and, and be mad about it. Yeah. Zero accountability. They want no accountability whatsoever. It's not BLM. It's BCLM. Black criminal lives matter because that's what creates sensationalism on the media. Period. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, 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 my head's still spinning from all of this because as we're talking, as I'm on the show, I'm, I'm going through Twitter and I'm just seeing so many lies that just aren't true. And they're all getting retweets and, and powerful people, popular people with huge followings are still spreading lie after lie after lie. Do you think, obviously you don't know necessarily Ohio um, law, is there any avenue? I mean, we've always heard cases of, of people who did something that was legally right, but they end up being sued and losing anyway. Can you, mm -hmm. can you fathom something like that happening here? I can't fathom that happening here. I actually have looked up the reasonable force statute for police officers in Ohio. And basically, if there's somebody else that is, if you're trying to protect somebody else from imminent deadly harm, you do have the right to use deadly force. So I do think that it's justified. Here's what I'm more afraid of, though, Max. Put police officers aside. What if I, as uh, somebody who's 5'3 and 110 pounds, you know, and I'm a gun carrier, I get attacked by a person of color and I shoot and kill them? What am I facing? And we know that you're responsible for every bullet that comes out of your gun. But I am, I am terrified that this is going to kind of pour over into private citizens. And now people who are trying to defend themselves are the ones that are looked at um, scantily because of our, the color of our skin, period. No, that, that's a great point. And something that I've said on the show for a long time, I don't believe that police officers should have any higher standard, any, any lower standard than the average citizen does. If the average citizen, if a police officer is allowed to deploy deadly force in a scenario, then the then an average citizen should also be allowed to deploy deadly force in a scenario, namely being to protect um, against death or serious bodily injury. Right. I, I don't believe that police should have a separate carve out than citizens. So what you're saying rings very true, because if they're willing to send a police officer to jail for life for making a mistake, let's call it making a mistake. Even if if it's if it's a justified shooting, he makes a slight mistake. They, they want his head. Yeah, you're right. What's going to happen to the average citizen who who has to use force to defend themselves? All of a sudden, the BLM mob is coming down on them. All of a sudden, the media is selectively editing the footage to make you look bad like they did with Zimmerman. Right. We've seen this with Zimmerman. It's, it's the same example. Um, well, Zimmerman, maybe he shouldn't have been following guy, whatever. As soon as he got to the ground and he's being pummeled, he had the right to deploy deadly force to protect his life. When you see how the media twist stuff to turn people into racists, turn people into murderers, not only do I fear people for people in the legal system, but I also fear for people just in the media, like just in regular life. Because if you or I, for whatever reason, are forced to use our weapons, we're not going to have a police protection detail outside our house like, like a cop would, right? We're not going to be able to be safeguarded like a cop would. We're, we're going to be left to fend for ourselves. So, you know, it, it is terrifying. And, and this they're obviously going to apply same standards to civilians the next time one of those happens. Yeah, no, we're in a scary state and it's, it's, you know, and you want to talk about the ultimate cancellation. We talk about being canceled on social media or being fired from our jobs, but it becomes a very much more real and dire circumstance when you're facing a jail cell, when you're facing you know, the inside of a jail cell. Yeah. Like imagine if LeBron James, imagine if this was a different situation and it was just a civilian, a civilian walking down the road, sees that a girl is about to stab another girl and that civilian draws a lawfully concealed firearm, shoots and kills her. Imagine if LeBron James shares a picture of that person and says accountability, right? Just, just think about the, the consequences for that. Like we're in a situation well, where none of that should be happening, but they're doing it, right? It, it's so terrifying. 
I'm not doing it. I mean, right now, if, if I see something happening and that's, that's what's so sad. And otherwise I would, I mean, I became a lawyer so I could help people. But nowadays I'm not going to, if I see something happening, I'm not doing a darn thing. I'm calling 911 and I keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we've reached that point, but just like the officer obviously doesn't want to shoot someone. We all understand what's going to happen to us if we are forced to shoot someone. And that person happens to belong to a protected class. I mean, you're talking about race. We haven't even talked about like uh, sexual identity, right? Gender identity. That, that, that's not as easy. The left always loves to say, oh, trans women of color are always, or trans women are, are disproportionately affected by violence. I mean, just imagine that. Just imagine being forced to defend yourself. And it comes out that the person you shot and killed who was trying to murder you identifies as trans. So therefore you're just, you're public enemy n- number one for the entire media. Like it's, it's, it, this is not how it's supposed to be, folks. The law is the law. Self-defense laws are as, as foundational as they get in this country. You have the right to defend yourself and others from death or imminent body harm, bodily harm, period. And all these new exceptions are being added in. Oh, well, if you're X feet away, you should use a taser instead. Oh, well, if they're a person of color, you should let them get two stabs in before you fire one shot. It's like the stupidest stuff. And it's all being written by people who have no idea what the law is or what the law should be. Yeah, you're 100% correct. And it's because everybody's become so extreme. We either have to be extreme left or so many people think that all Republicans are extreme right when most people live right in the gray. I mean, this country is not racist. We've said it over and over, but... When you've got your leaders getting behind their podium on a national stage saying that our country is institutionally racist, that is what people start to believe. So until it starts to change from the top down, it's not going to get any better. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to try and pull it up. Uh, It might take me a little bit. But the U.N., um, Biden's U.N., Mr. Producer, see if you can pull it up. Uh, Search U.N., uh, ambassador racist. Try and find that video. Um, Biden's UN ambassador went out and declared and declared that the United States is institutionally racist and is racist to its very core. So it's not even just saying this here in the, con- in the United States. They're proclaiming it worldwide. So the whole world is now hearing from our very government that we are racist. We are irreparably racist. That's what they're, they're trying to say, that, that our, our Constitution, at its very foundation, is a racist document. And I guess has to be completely reworked. It, it's, it's insanity. It, it, really, it really is. And I get nervous. Like, I, I'm, I'm nervous like you are, that someone's going to not use force when they should have. People are going to get hurt when there's someone nearby who could help them, but they're not going to because they're afraid of being prosecuted or, or sued civilly it's terrifying. And unfortunately, well, I don't think. Yeah, being sued civilly is a totally different, that's a totally different animal. I mean, you might, you might not get criminally prosecuted, but you probably will get sued civilly. And the burden is so much lower in civil court that there's a very high likelihood that you could have to pay somebody. It's People have said for a long time, if you shoot, shoot to kill, because you're going to pay out a whole lot of money if you injure yeah. somebody and uh, then they see you. And that's sad. That is such a sad state yes. of things. And the possibly the most extreme example of that, it's not in the United States. It's actually in China. I went through a weird, not a phase, but where I would watch Chinese security camera videos. It, it's, it's amazing. Like Chinese security cameras, more places in China are getting security cameras with the internet. And like before they didn't have security cameras. Now they do. You can see pretty much anything. And China's so damn big. There's there's security camera footage of everything. And apparently what happens in China, if you run someone over and the person survives, you owe them a ton of money. But if they die, you don't. You, or you owe them less money. You owe the family less money than if they lived. So what you see on, on security camera footage is when a car runs over someone, they stop, they back up, and they run over them again. And then they drive over them a third time just to make sure they're dead because they don't want to pay out for the injury, they'd rather pay out for the death, which is, for whatever reason, less money um, to the family. That's It's an extreme example, but it's what we have here, too, where, yeah, many people are taught that you don't want to think of it. You, you only want to shoot to neutralize the threat. But if you start in, injecting this other thought into, well, if, if I shoot two times and they survive, 
and then I get sued civilly, but I, I shoot him three times. You know, I mean, it, it's it's something that shouldn't even be in the equation. The only thing that should be in the equation is, is my life threatened? Am I being threatened with serious bodily injury? Is someone else being threatened with the same? Can I deploy a reasonable amount of force to neutralize the threat? That's the only thing. Nothing else should be coming into the equation. But they just want to throw so much into the equation that makes it impossible to make that judgment call. No, I agree with you. And I, I know, so I, I'm going to give you back. I, I didn't mean to be on the line for this long, but I like talking okay. to you guys, but I will leave it at this. So what kind of a lighthearted, do you remember in Liar Liar where um, Jim uh, the Jim Carrey's um, uh, paralegal Mr. says, Mr. you know, I can't believe you're the attorney that you are. You know, I had a friend who, who a robber fell through her roof and landed on a knife. And now the robber has sued my friend. And uh, she says, what would you do? And he says, I'd have gotten more money or something like that. Like, that's kind yeah. of the same thing. You know, it's like, stop breaking the law. Stop defending people who are breaking the law. Have some accountability. And maybe, just maybe, we can get our country back. Yeah. Yeah, great point. There's too many ridiculous cases of people who rob someone. They, they're in the process of robbing someone. They fall through the skylight or they slip on ice in the driveway or on the walkway and they sue the person. It's like, that's that makes no sense. But that's the that's the litigious world we live in. And it's even more unfortunate that with these things, people are going to really think twice about whether they want to jump in to help people. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you so much for the call, Teresa. I really do appreciate it for calling in. So Mr. Producer Josh does have that video. Teresa was mentioning how there's this push to pr portray America as the most racist country ever, foundationally, institutionally, structurally racist. This is a clip of Joe Biden's UN ambassador saying just that on the international stage. Don't want to bury the lead. The key takeaway quote is white supremacy is weaved into our founding documents and principles. Let's go ahead and play this clip, Mr. Producer. We immediately re-engage with the Human Rights Council and have announced our intention to seek election to that body so that we can advance our most cherished democratic values around the globe. Of course, when we raise issues of equity and justice at the global scale, we have to approach them with humility. We have to acknowledge that we are an imperfect union and have been since the beginning. And every day we strive to make ourselves more perfect and more just. In a diverse country like ours, that means committing to do the work. It means learning and understanding more about each other. It means engaging trailblazing groups like yours to teach, to grow, to include, to improve. It means not forgetting our past or ignoring our present, but keeping both firmly in mind as we push for a better future. I tried to do this recently in the UN General Assembly when I spoke on the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. That day and commemoration was personal for me. So I told the UN some personal stories. I told them how my great-grandmother, Mary Thomas, born in 1865, was the child of a slave just three generations back from me. I grew up in the segregated South. I was bused to a segregated school. On weekends, the Klan burned crosses on lawns in our neighborhood. I shared these stories and others to acknowledge on the international stage that I have personally experienced one of America's greatest imperfections. I've seen for myself how the original sin of slavery weaved white supremacy into our founding documents and principles. But I also shared these stories to offer up an insight, a simple truth I've learned over the years. Racism is not the problem of the person who experiences it. Those of us who experience racism cannot and should not internalize it despite the impact it can have on our everyday lives. Racism is the problem of the racist, and it is the problem of the society that produces the racist. And in today's world, that's every society in America. Incredible. Incredible. The original sin of white supremacy has been weaved into our founding documents. Again, I mean, we, we had a caller yesterday who was saying, I've gone my whole life and I haven't experienced a black man. I haven't experienced any racism. 
Now, he said he's had racists say mean stuff to him, but he said racism as defined as something against me for my skin color that negatively affects my life. Not just chirping or, or stupid idiots, but actually something that holds me back, hurts me. He says, I've never experienced it. Say he talked to his grandmother. She said, I haven't experienced it in decades. It's, it's not there. It, it, it's there as this kind of amorphous cloud hanging over the African-American community because that's what Democrat, that's where Democrats need it to be, right? It, it's, it, you don't actually identify racism. You do it after the fact, right? You say, oh, well, you didn't get into college. That's racism. You didn't get the job. That's racism, right? You, could, you can't pay your rent. Oh, that's racism. Everything's racism. And, and I'm sure there's some racism in these communities. I'm sure there's some cops who are bad cops and they're racist. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I, there, there are racists everywhere. There are also probably a lot of black cops who are racist, if we're being completely honest. White cops who are racist. It exists. But this idea that everything in your life, if you're an African-American, you live in inner city, that your path in life is guided by some racist puppet master who's over you dangling the strings and deciding what you can and cannot have. It's just, to borrow a Biden term, it's, it's a load of malarkey. It is. It, it's not real. But Democrats need this. They need to gin up anger. They need to, they've created victimhood and turned it into, I say this all the time, as, as a means of currency. That how victimized you are determines how respected or how revered you are. And based on what class you, you belong to, if you're African-American, you're there on the, on the hierarchy. If you're a Native American, you're there. If you're a trans woman of color, you're all the way at the top, baby. They, they create this because that's the only way they hold on to power, not by fixing problems, by, but by perpetuating the falsehood that your lack of success or anything bad that happens to you is the white man's problem. Right? The caller yesterday said, first it was orange man bad, now they're going to white man bad. It's true. It's true. I just, and that's why today's show is titled, Our Left is Trying to Start a Race War. Because when you look at all of this in its totality, it seems like they are. I mean, you, you can't start sending people towards this without understanding what you're doing. Right? If you are that editor at NBC News and you consciously decide to edit out the mention in the 911 call that, that there was a stab, a potential stabbing, to edit out the part in the video that shows she had a knife, right? to put the knife on the ground so you, to perpetuate the falsehood that she was unarmed, and then to add people later saying that we need to know what the officer knew, even though that's right there in the footage that you edited out. It's hard to come out of that with anything other than an understanding that they're trying to drive us towards a race war, right? That they want tension. They want crisis. They want violence. If it bleeds, it leads. Realize CNN, their ratings are in the toilet. MSNBC, their ratings in the toilet. They understand that the only way to bring back their business model to survive as an institution is to get more ratings, get more people watching, create controversies. They would want nothing more. They would not. They would be ecstatic over racial violence in this country. Listen, they're already telling you that it exists. They're saying that there are cops just executing black men in the street. I was watching a video of someone interviewing people, and I believe it was in Kenosha. And they're at, and the guy's asking, "Well, how many unarmed black men do you think were killed by police last year?" And the person says, "Thousands." It's just it's it's not true. And, and and I get it. People lie. Yeah, people lie. But when you lie to create disharmony, that's a very light way, light way to call it. When you lie to create fractionalism, factionalism, when, when, you, when you lie to create these fractures in our society, to drive a wedge, to drive the country apart, when that's the purpose, that's the most despicable lie I can think of. Because yeah, people lie. So what? People lie. But when you lie over and over and over again to create the notion that white cops are executing black men in the street because you want more conflict, because you want protests, you want riots, you want looting, because it's good for business, it's good for ratings. The most despicable person I can think of. And yes, I say that in a show where we also just mentioned O.J. Simpson. Yeah. O.J. Simpson's a bad dude. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near him. But even in comparison, I think the, the, the liars in the media who are portraying this false narrative, even worse.
You can disagree with me. That's fine. There's there's going to be a reckoning in this country. And I'm terrified to think. You, you see what happened with Maxine Waters. She went to Minneapolis, said we need to get more confrontational. A couple hours later, two National Guard soldiers are shot, shot at. You can't disconnect the two. They're ginning this up. They're trying to bring this to a boiling point. At some point, it's going to boil over. And it's not white people. Listen, it, I don't, I said again, I don't want war. I don't want conflict, right? I have two kids, a wife, a house. I'm happy. I don't want, I don't want to go have a war. No. If, if there is a civil war, if there is a race war, if there's any of that, I'm not going to be someone who fires the first shot. I guarantee you. Right. But it just feels like we're being pushed towards that. It does. And I don't want to go there. I don't think anyone wants to go there. But we're being pushed towards it. And the people who are pushing us towards it are doing it for money. They're doing it for ratings. They're doing it for clicks. Just think about that. We are closer today than we were yesterday to a race war in America, in part because of organizations that want more clicks on their website. It's a factual statement. It's a factual statement. So yeah. Eve Rich in the comment section say, we got to pray. We do have to pray because they're driving us towards it. They are driving us towards it. They're pushing us towards it. Asham says, it, it sucks that we're being forced into something we don't want. Yeah, it does. And we're being called racist, white supremacist. Oh, you're conservative, white supremacist. Oh, you support Trump. Oh, you're a terrorist, right? They've done all of this, all of this evil, vile name calling. And on top of that, they're also creating the narrative that we're like actually killing people. It, it, that's why we go out of our way to make sure the truth gets out there, to reiterate things that might you might think have to should go without saying, but obviously they need saying because the people who do this professionally in the establishment media aren't saying it. So that's why we do these segments. That's why. That's why we, we, we go into depth in this and we do deep dives that the media won't do. We have to do it. That's the whole point of our show. We interview interesting people and we take things that the media maybe spends two minutes on and we give it an hour, in today's case, two hours. We take your comments so that you can listen in, you can let us know how you feel, and you can have a voice. Because yeah, when you call in and you get on, everyone who listens to us is going to hear you too. It's important. It's important. So we're not all sitting here pulling our hair out, realizing that we're just being surrounded by lies. We need a show like this, which is why I continue to say, if you can support us, please do. So we can expand the show, get more guests, get more, more shows, right? We have our website platform. We go live there once a day. Love to, I'd love to have five, six shows a day. That'd be great. I mean, you might not have time to do it. No one has time to watch us for six, seven hours a day. I get that. But to have more shows about more topics. So if you want to support us and, and help us achieve that, there is a link in the description to donate. So please do consider doing that. Another way you can support us and to support Mike Lindell is by purchasing a MyPillow using our promo code CD21. And nice, I'm solo today, so I don't have Mike Lindell's little animatronic face over my head. CD21, use that as your promo code at MyPillow.com. You'll get up to 66% off, up to. And yes, part of, of that, those proceeds will go to us. That's that's the affiliate deal we've we've inked with my pillow. So if you need pills, sheets, towels, anything, make sure you use our promo code. We do get some of that, and it helps us with operating costs and expanding. So yeah, CD twenty one is the promo co code. Lots of people saying that we didn't have a trash synonym today. We didn't because no one said trash. I guess until I just said it. So I guess that counts. Um, let me actually max that whole segment was trash Are the Democrats uh, are go. trash. I'm, I'm, I'm trying here. <laughs> uh, okay. So go to my, go to my screen. Um, the left are two bits, two bits. It's a synonym for trash as in a song straw left are two bits. I like that one. Hashtag the left are two bits. And if you want to see how I got there, go to trash. It's right here. Two bits. Synonym for straw. I guess straw is trash, according to some people. I personally I think straw is valuable. 
especially if you have livestock. <laughs> Hashtag the left are two bits. But yeah, we didn't have that because no one has said trash until Josh came in at the end and I said it. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast and you have an Apple device, please, 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 there's a link in the description. Go to that link. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. Very, very important to do it. We've dropped out of the rankings on Apple because they blocked us from getting reviews. So that's now fixed. We called them out on it. We can have reviews again. So if you haven't already, or you might even be able to leave another review. I don't know. Leave us a five-star review and help us get back into those rankings. We're ranked in foreign countries, but not in the United States. So do that. Help us go up in the rankings. We're also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. Um, so check us out there. Help us prove the numbers. We have a sponsor coming on in the next week for firearm holsters. Very, very exciting. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be demoing them, showing them to you, and, and, and giving you opportunities to buy some really nice American-made holsters. So that'll be coming. People in the comment section saying, Max, bro, please play. Can you play Minecraft? That is interesting. Maybe. Maybe. I have Minecraft. I do have Minecraft on this computer. So maybe. I'm not very good. But maybe. I'll think about it. I think that's how we could really bump up our DLive, especially our Twitch. Play Minecraft and just inject little tidbits of, of political <laughs> discussion. <laughs> Get all the kids on my Minecrafts on my Minecraft stream and then just, just start talking about how bad Joe Biden is. Maybe. Maybe. I used to play Minecraft when I was very much younger. Which shows how old Minecraft is. I don't even know how to produce that. You wouldn't produce it. Maybe you would. Oh Maybe no, I'd, I, I'd anyway. make the effort. I'd make the effort. No, I'm not, I'm part of that one. <laughs> but that's that's something that could be interesting. Which as we talk about expanding the channel, I don't know if that's a moneymaker or anything, but it might be interesting as a couple one offs. So make sure you sign up for the audio version of the podcast. Like and follow our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitch. It will be there until Twitch finds out we're there. And on DLive, you can follow us. You can also subscribe to us. And uh, and if you if you feel so inclined, do consider donating lemons to us as well. So that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>